0: are Locked On 49ers, your daily San Francisco 49ers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: Welcome to Locked On 49ers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Brian Peacock, coming at you with a Thursday episode brought to you by mybookie.ag. You play, you win. You get paid. Use promo code Locked On at mybookie.ag. Got a great guest lined up for you today, Mark Schofield. He is the host of Locked On Patriots, and he's a quarterback guru. So no better person to talk to about Jimmy Garoppolo than Mark Schofield. And we're going to get his scouting report on the 49ers' new, shiny new franchise quarterback. And also hear a little bit from Bill Belichick about Jimmy Garoppolo and the trade that went down with the 49ers this week just before the deadline. As always, I invite you to follow me on Twitter. Keep the conversation going over there. You can always email the show as well, LockedOn49ers at Gmail. Still taking submissions for writers and contributors to help me out over at LockedOn49ers.com that is now affiliated with FanRag Sports. So exciting new venture trying to populate the website with more 49ers content for all you 49ers fans and Locked On 49 ers listeners. Probably be closing down those submissions very soon. Got a lot of good folks sending me stuff. So uh, very excited about that. Thank you to everybody who has shown interest in writing for LockedOn49ers.com. Subscribe to the show. We're on iTunes. We're on Spotify. We are everywhere you can find great podcasts. You can head on over to LockedOn49ers.com. Find links to everything you need on how to subscribe to the show. So we've talked a lot about the 49ers' angle and why they wanted to bring in Jimmy Garoppolo and what that means to the 49ers going forward and what kind of player he is. We're going to hear a lot more about the person and the player, Jimmy Garoppolo, from my friend Mark Schofield, who's going to join me shortly. But let's hear from the head coach of the New England Patriots, Bill Belichick, on what his thinking was and the timing for trading Jimmy Garoppolo for a second-round pick to the 49ers.
2: First of all, I have a tremendous amount of respect for Jimmy Um, I couldn't ask for him to give us any more than than he's given us and uh, the 49ers are getting a good player and they're getting a good person and they're getting a great teammate and they're getting a good quarterback and Jimmy's getting a good coach Um, his career is moving forward Um, he's a talented individual and was a great person to coach I met with him weekly and again, have a tremendous amount of respect for him. Uh, but as his career moves forward, we have to look to our team, both this year and beyond. And we probably had, in my opinion, the best quarterback situation in the league for the last, call it two and a half years. Um, it's just not sustainable uh, given the way that things are set up. Uh, it's definitely not something that we wanted to walk away from and I felt like we rode it out as long as we could. Um, We over a period of time explored every option possible to try to sustain it. Uh, But at this point felt like we had to, had to make a decision.
1: So that's interesting. A couple of points there that are very interesting. One, he said, and Jimmy gets a good coach. And I wonder if, he was trying to do Garoppolo and his agent a favor, probably not his agent, but Jimmy Garoppolo a favor by sending him somewhere that wasn't Cleveland, you know. And I wonder if there could have been a better offer from the Cleveland Browns, based on them offering a two and three for, I think, a worse prospect for quarterback in AJ McCarron. And there's there's kind of rumors out there and people talking. Well, maybe he still got sour grapes from getting fired from the Browns. That is Bill Belichick, and but that was in the '90s. That was. That was even a different franchise. I mean, he should be more mad at Art Modell and the Baltimore Ravens, who the, the Browns became, because this is a whole new owner, a whole new franchise. But yeah, some some interesting comments there, and the fact that he said that he had the best quarterback situation in the league. And it sounds like Belichick really played this till the very end, as, as late as he could, and still recoup the value. And it was clear he wasn't going to be able to keep both quarterbacks, so he had to choose the Hall of Famer, Tom Brady, over the young player, and Jimmy Garoppolo, even though he liked that player. So this was basically the you know the last point he could trade in before the offseason where there was a chance they might lose him for nothing, and Jimmy Garoppolo did not want to re-sign, so they were going to have to maybe throw the franchise tag on him, and they just didn't, you know, you can't pay two starting quarterbacks in the league. It's hard enough to pay one with the ridiculous amounts they're getting these days as starting quarterbacks. So, yeah, that, that was interesting stuff from Bill Belichick there, and I wonder if he was kind of doing... Uh, you know, I wonder if he picked his spot not so much based on the su- the maximum maximum value he could get in trade from that team, but thought it was the right team, uh, a team he respected, and a coach he respected for Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, that, that's an interesting angle to this, and uh, there's probably more we're going to hear about what exactly went down in the offseason with trade talks with a lot of teams, and then especially with the 49ers and then how this trade went down. But let's get to Mark Schofield. This is a guy who knows his quarterbacks. He writes for Inside the Pylon. He does the NFL 1000 stuff at Bleacher Report. He's a quarterback guru. He scouts quarterbacks. And he is the host of Locked on Patriots, so he knows the team as well as anybody. But before we get to today's guest, I'd like to let everybody know about mybookie.ag. A lot of folks ask me for advice. Who's going to win the game? Who should they lay a little bit of cash on? I will tell you this. Where you're betting is just as important as who you're betting on. So that's why I tell people to go to mybookie.ag. Use promo code locked on for up to a 100% deposit bonus. So right off the bat, you're making money. You go to mybookie.ag. You can tell it's legit. Uh, they do quick payouts, which is obviously key. If you're going to be winning money, you want to be able to get your money in and out as quickly as you can. 48 hour return, uh, just two business days. You can go over to the sportsbook section of mybookie.ag and find all the lines. Not just NFL, there's baseball, basketball, college football, there's MMA and boxing, and there's cricket even. You can bet on cricket on mybookie.ag. You can bet on the World Cup 2019 cricket winner. Anyways, I'm getting way off topic here. Mybookie.ag has been in the business for years. They do 100% cash bonuses. So right off the bat, you're making money for doing nothing fastest payouts, just two business days. You can do it right from your smartphone. So it's like you've got a Vegas casino right on your phone. They have a great mobile website to do your betting on the go. Go to mybookie.ag to place your bets and tell them I sent you by using promo code locked on. Get over there and get the best odds anywhere. Promo code locked on at mybookie.ag. Okay, my guest today, you're probably familiar with him talking draft here on Locked On 49ers in the springtime. Mark Schofield, he's host of Locked On Patriots, also quarterback guru at Inside the Pylon. Mark, thank you very much for coming on the show in short notice.
0: Brian, thank you so much for having me. And yeah, you say short notice. I mean, the second this, what we're going to talk about happened, we were basically in touch with each other. Like, okay, we're (laughs) going to talk about this.
1: Yeah. Yeah, there's no way we couldn't make this happen this week. So yeah, I appreciate that.
0: Oh, happy to come on.
1: All right. So just first of all, big picture, shocker and blockbuster. And it seemed like from everything that happened in the spring, that Garoppolo wasn't going to go anywhere. And the plan was that the Patriots were going to see what happened in the coming off season. And of course, this was a huge coming off season for the 49ers at quarterback that is now not going to be the case. What was, uh, what was your overall thoughts just when this thing went down?
0: Yeah, Brad, I I was pretty surprised when this happened. Like, you know, I did a sort of an instant snap analysis, episode of Locked on Pats, kind of just brain dump type thing. And it was a stunner because, you know, we heard all this offseason, you know, how the asking price was really high for Jimmy Garoppolo. We heard talk about maybe a one and a two from Cleveland. Not sure if that was actually true or not, but these were the types of stories we were hearing. And the fact that the Patriots kept handing on to Garoppolo when they had Jacoby Brissette, and then they go on a deal with Jacoby It makes you think, look, they're really buying into Jimmy Garoppolo being the guy to replace Tom Brady. But as you start to sort of like peel away and you start to sort of like take a step back, you know, I talked to Miguel Benzon, who's at Pat's cap on Twitter. I had him on Locked On Patriots a couple of weeks ago, and he was telling me that because of the impending renegotiation, with Jimmy Garoppolo and the fact that he was going to be a big cap number. It was going to be like the Patriots were going to have to have two starting quarterback salaries against their cap, one with Tom Brady, the other with Garoppolo. And as we've seen before from Belichick, as we've seen him do in the past, when they have a situation where some guy is going to come up against a contract year and it's not Tom Brady, they don't really hesitate to get what they can. And so when you sort of like peel all the layers of the onion away and take a look at it, it kind of started to make sense, at least from a contract status, salary cap type perspective.
1: Yeah, you mentioned Jacoby Brissett, and I didn't even think about that angle. That would have made a lot more sense to trade Garoppolo and hold on to Brissett if you knew that was going to be the end result. So now the, four, or now the Patriots uh, obviously have a 40-year-old quarterback. They had no backup for a short time. And of course... Uh, the guy that was uh, originally supposed to be part of this this trade and then was not included because of compensatory pick selections and all that kind of stuff and ends up just resigning now is uh, Brian Hoyer, who's back in New England. But um, so I, I want to know how do before we get into you know, actually the player that is Jimmy Garoppolo, how do the fans in New England feel about this deal?
0: You know, it's funny, Brian. In the aftermath, in the moments after the deal went down, I had a lot of, shall we say, colorful and I'd even say, expletive-filled texts on my phone. The bulk of them were from my mom, to be honest, who <laughs> is a big, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo fan. She's been a lifelong Patriots fan. You know, Troy Brown was her favorite player. Obviously, yeah, she thinks the world of Tom Brady, but she was of the believer that, look, Garoppolo is the future of this team. He's going to be a great quarterback you know, like I said, Brian, that there was a lot of colorful language that she was blowing up my phone with. And I think for many Patriots fans, that was sort of the instant reaction, which was, why are we trading them now? Why are we just getting, you know, a second round pick, not even a first? You know, we were talking first and maybe a second from Cleveland. Now we're just getting a second. Why are we doing this now? We don't have a backup. What's the plan going to be? And, you know, even though they're are five super bowl trophies five vince lombardi trophies being you know put on display at one patriots plaza even though bill belichick has sort of earned the mantra as perhaps the best head coach in football history there's still sort of this subset this subfaction of patriots fan the patriots fan base that respect belichick the head coach but are still leery of Belichick sort of the general manager. And, you know, the reports out of Fox were all that this was a Belichick move. This was a Belichick business type decision. And so it was met with some skepticism. There were people blowing up W.E.E.I. in Boston, blowing up the phone lines like my mom, who was blowing up my Twitter or my, my cell phone and my texts who were just like, We can't trust Belichick to make these decisions. This was a bad decision. What is he doing? He doesn't know how to build a roster. And I'm sure for your listeners to hear Patriots fans talking about Bill Belichick, that must be almost like (laughs) mind-blowingly absurd. But that's kind of what moves like this sort of create in Boston. It's funny for me to observe it. It's funny for me to kind of see how it happens. But it happens every type move like this that Belichick and the Patriots make. It gets questioned immediately immediately. And quite loudly, to be honest.
1: And Belichick has been one of the more cutthroat GMs. And I could see how, you know, a a certain subset of a fan base would be upset by letting guys go and even good players and trading them too soon rather than too late. And, you know, Bill Walsh did that as well. And you saw that when when Bill Walsh moved on from Joe Montana and went with Steve Young. And then uh, one of the things I talked, I made a joke on Twitter about how the Patriots just traded their Aaron Rodgers and held on to Brett Favre. Um, What's. What's the thought with Tom Brady, 40 years old? How much longer can he actually legitimately play? I had talked on the podcast earlier this offseason about how I wouldn't have been surprised if Tom Brady was the one who was available in the offseason. And that just because a 25 year old quarterback, if you believe he's the franchise guy, you can't hold on to the 40 year old player, no matter how good he is, if you want to keep that train rolling. So uh, what are the thoughts with Tom Brady? How long can he actually play?
0: Yeah, but that's that's probably the $64,000 question here, Brian. And, you know, at the outset, you know, this move gives you the sense that at least for the next year or so, the Patriots are buying in on the idea of Tom Brady playing until he's 44, 45, like he wants to. Now, what's interesting about that is since they drafted Tom Brady in the 2000 draft, there have been 16 drafts since. They have drafted a quarterback in eight of those. So they're basically on an every-other-year time frame of drafting quarterbacks. They didn't take one last year's draft, so I was going into this sort of draft cycle with the mindset anyway that you know, maybe they'd be taking another quarterback because maybe they move on from Brady like you suggested. Maybe it's Garoppolo, and then they need another backup. So I fully anticipate them drafting another quarterback in this upcoming class. And with this second-round pick at the top, like we assume – will be at the top of the second round there might be a guy that could sort of fall to them like josh allen for example he's struggled i know people are saying he's still going to be a first round pick i'm not there with him but if he's there at the top of the second round maybe a lamar jackson a baker mayfield those look like you know two of the top three guys right now but is a team taking a six-foot quarterback like baker mayfield in the first round are they going to take a lamar jackson in the first round while i would do it Some NFL GMs might not. Maybe they fall to the second round. So I think, you know, this move signals to me that they're going to be in the market for a quarterback in the upcoming draft. And they were going to be there anyway. To the larger point, though, can Brady play until he's 44? Can he play until he's 45? Well, I guess the answer lies in how much avocado ice cream the man truly has. (laughs) Because that's been sort of the secret recipe, I guess. But Father Time, Brian, and you know this, I know this, we all know it, Father Time's undefeated. Yeah. And the end, when it comes, it can come fast. I mean, for Peyton Manning, it came fast. Yes, he had the neck injury, but he could barely throw when he won Super Bowl 50. Like He just had no feeling at his fingertips, couldn't grip the football, couldn't throw. The end, when it comes, it could come fast. So, yes, Brady looks great right now. He's moving in the pocket incredibly well right now. But the end is in sight, whether it's one year, two years, three years down the road. And there needs to be the plan B. And I don't think... Brian Hoyer is the plan B. Brian Hoyer is the plan B for the next eight, 10, 12 games or how many ever games the Patriots have remaining. But there needs to be another plan B that comes into this organization in the off season.
1: Yeah, that's uh, the father time thing. And I'm feeling that right now. Tom Brady's not that much older than me. And I I hope he plays forever. Cause I love knowing that there's still players playing pro ball that are older than I am. You know, Bartolo Cologne in major league baseball. I hope that guy plays till he's 52. And, um, but and obviously, I'm feeling the effects of age just going out and playing slow-pitch softball. I obviously don't take care of myself don't eat enough of that avocado ice cream. But so have you not – and look, the thing with Tom Brady is he wasn't all that athletic as far as foot speed coming out of college. Have you seen any falling off of skills from him at all? Maybe just a little bit off the fastball? Something where you would say, oh, yeah, okay, I can, I can see the end.
0: I mean, there have been some throws this year where the ball placement isn't where it's supposed to be. There have been some decisions where, you know, like if you think back to the game against Atlanta a couple of Sunday nights ago, there was a play where he rolls to his right and tries to make a cross-body throw to the back of the end zone on the left-hand side, and it gets intercepted. Now, he gets roughed on the play, so a flag comes out and saves him, saves what could have been a turnover. But that's a throw that maybe Brady can pull off when he's 32, But it's just a tough throw to begin with, and he can't quite get enough on the ball there to make that throw when he's 40. Now, could he still dial up the fastball? Yeah. I mean, there have been throws this year. There were throws in that Super Bowl last year. I mean, you look at the way they started that overtime drive, the fastball. He threw in a deep out route to Danny Amendola right on the money. He had a cross it route to Julian Edelman on a dig right on the money. He can still throw the fastball. But there have been times when the ball placement isn't there, when he tries to make throws that or ill-advised to begin with it. He can't get him there. But the movement in the pocket is still there. That's probably, you know, we joke about the avocado ice cream, but the way he can move in the pocket still to this day, I mean, you know, he's six months younger than me. I hurt getting out of bed in the morning, but (laughs) he keeps himself healthy because of the way he slides around in the pocket. There was a play, Brian, against the Chargers this past Sunday where Joey is coming around, against Nate Solder, the left tackle. So he's coming from Brady's blind side. And Solder does a pretty good job of riding him around behind the pocket. But as Bosa starts to, starts to sort of like turn to the other side, Brady for one millisecond takes a quick peek over his right shoulder just to see where he is, just to see where Bosa is, slides just a few steps in the other direction and then makes a throw downfield to James White on a real on a wheel route for a first down. And it's those little tiny things that might not look like much in the course of one game, but add them up, Ryan, add them up, you know, three of those, four of those in a game where other quarterbacks might get hit on that. He's avoiding that. That more than anything, that more than the avocado ice cream is what's allowed him to play to this point in his career.
1: Yeah, Mark, and maybe they'll come up with some avocado beer at some point that uh, that might help us out in, in that aging factor. Exactly right. <laughs> and it's funny you mentioned. um coming up in the draft and maybe earmarking that second round pick that they got from the 49ers for quarterback. And I was kind of advocating that that would be what the 49ers would be doing. So it's funny. We're sitting here on November 2nd now, and all of a sudden the 49ers look like they have a franchise quarterback in that pick that they might've been using on someone like, Say a maker a Baker Mayfield who I also think you know the NFL is not going to take him in the first round as, as a six foot tall quarterback that just they just hate short guys and that's the way it is and now the Patriots might be using that same pick in a similar way so that's that's really interesting but let's get on to Jimmy Garoppolo and I want to first ask about Jimmy Garoppolo the person what sort of a person. And because the 49ers fans haven't been around him all that much until this press conference this week. So what what kind of person are they getting? Who is he in the in, you know, in the locker room, in the community? What kind of guy is Jimmy Garoppolo?
0: Look, you're getting a, a great guy in Jimmy Garoppolo. And, you know, don't take my word for it. Take Belichick's word on that, because when this deal was made, one of the first things that Belichick came out and talked about was the person that garoppolo is the guy that he is in the quarterback rooms and in the locker room and on the sidelines and things like that this is a genuinely good guy and you know sometimes you hear stories about guys whether it's off the field or in the locker room and you might even expect in a situation where garoppolo plays in place of brady to start last year comes out and you know wins one game on open and night in a game where a lot of people looked at that and said look Arizona got this great defense. It's a road game. It's Garoppolo's, you know, he's starting the season opener on a Sunday night. There's no way New England goes and wins that game. But they come out and they win. And then he's looking great against Miami, you know, in in his second start. You know, you might start to hear rumblings from from some guys in that situation where you'd hear the stories. Oh, they think they should be starting. Oh, they think they should be playing. Did, Did Jimmy Garoppolo want to be the starting quarterback for the New England Patriots? Of course he did. You know, you don't get to the NFL as a quarterback and not think you should be starting for whatever team you're on. You have to have that sort of arrogance about you. But at the same time, you never heard those rumblings. You never heard those, you know, insider whispers or things like that because he was committed and he bought fully into what the Patriots were doing as an organization. And so that's the kind of guy you're getting. That's the kind of player you're getting. And it's funny, Brian, a lot of people reached out to me after this deal went down and they were wondering, why would the 49ers do this? Why would they do this knowing that he's up for a contract year? They're just basically getting, you know, an eight game rental on a guy that might walk anyway in a season that's not going anywhere right now. And my instant reaction was that was, he's a guy that buys in. He's a guy that will buy into a vision. And I'm sure that discussion has already begun with Kyle Shanahan you know, with John Lynch about the future of this 49ers organization. And so that's what you're getting. You're getting a guy that has never sort of rocked the boat, that has bought into what teams are doing. And I'm sure that if Shanahan, if Lynch have sat down with him said, look, this is the offense, this is the direction we're taking this organization, and we want you to be the guy to lead it, he's going to be sold on that. And you won't hear, you know, a peep from him other than what he does, you know, before and after each game.
1: Yeah, I thought it was pretty telling that one of the first things Garoppolo talked about was his preparation and not only preparing to play, but preparing to practice sort of the anti- Allen Iverson, which I thought was a pretty amazing uh, thing to come out and, and talk about. So, um, yeah, obviously, it sounds like, and I think, you know, from all the the meetings that pre-draft that Kyle Shanahan's on record saying he loved Garoppolo coming out and he was hoping that the Cleveland Browns would draft him when he was there. Um, he had him as the second quarterback. He had Derek Carr as his number one quarterback that year. And, of course, both those guys were on the board and the Browns went ahead and drafted Johnny Manziel. We know how that turned out. But let's talk a little bit about. The tools, what's he looking like on the field? This is my, I want to read you what I had on him coming out of Eastern Illinois. He was my second quarterback as well that year, and uh, I had Teddy Bridgewater number one. I was a fan of Garoppolo coming out, and this is what I had to say. Good, not great arm, works through his reads, anticipates throws, and gets the ball out instantly. You want to see a guy from a small school dominate his competition, and he did. He proved up to the competition at both Shrine Game and Senior Bowl. Jimmy Garoppolo would probably be my number one quarterback quarterback. If he did it versus top competition, could be a steal in the second or third round. And uh, one of the biggest things I said about him was he has one of the quickest releases I've ever seen. And uh, definitely the accuracy and quick decision making. So what is he? Is that accurate? Is that what he turned out to look like? And and just from what I've seen from him so far with the Patriots, I might have even underplayed his his arm strength a little bit.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's actually where I was going to go with that, Brian, because I think, you know, you nailed most of it. I mean, the one sort of thing that I would point to would be the arm strength, because I think, you know, it's been up to par, if not better than people expected. And I thought it was pretty good coming out. But that's one of those things that it's hard to truly get a feel for a guy's velocity, a guy's arm talent on tape against FCS competition against, you know, Division two type competition, whatever you want to whatever the situation is, obviously FCS is one double A, you know, and that was a similar story sort of coming out with Carson Wentz. Like you could see it with Wentz, but, you know, to get down there and just see him throwing the ball on the sideline at the senior bowl, for example, we could say, okay, yeah, I I see the velocity there. And so I think that was one thing that's really stood out with Garoppolo. One of the aspects to his game that he's developed rather well, you know, since coming into the league is his ability to move defenders with his eyes, his eye work, his eye manipulation, you know, we can make the progression reads and things like that. But there are times as a quarterback where you need to move defenders, whether it's that underneath hole defender, that linebacker in a cover one scheme or that middle of the field safety in a cover one or a cover three scheme where you need to move that guy to one side of the field or the other. You need to, you know, convince that guy to like get out of his responsibility, to get out of his zone, to go somewhere where he knows he shouldn't to then make a throw. And that's something that he's been able to do since he's come out had a great throw against the Dolphins in his second start last year in game two, where as a red zone play, he opens to his left, then he has a post route coming from the right, moves that safety in the middle of the field just enough to make that throw. It's the plays like that where you start to see the tools developing into more of a quarterback, more of a passer. And to circle back to something you were talking about earlier, where he talked about preparing to practice. You know, there's been a lot discussed and a lot made in the past, you know, twenty-four hours or so about, you know, the Brady backups and how they haven't always panned out. Yep. But that's probably one of the main lessons that all of those guys, Garoppolo included, can probably take away from watching Tom Brady over the years because there's a guy that treats practices sometimes like they're games. And he'll come off the practice field, say during training camp or something like that, and he'll gripe to the reporters or gripe to the media, whoever wants to listen about a play that he didn't make in practice. And to quote Iverson, I mean, we're talking about practice here, (laughs) but that's how Brady's approaching it. And so that sort of mindset, you know, that sort of mentality where every rep you get matters, whether it's Tuesday afternoon during July, whether it's Thursday afternoon in September or whether it's Sunday afternoon in December. Like, every single rep matters. Every single rep should be treated the same way. You know, Brady's instilled that throughout his career himself, and I think that more than anything is a lesson that he's passed on to a guy like Garoppolo.
1: Yeah, and uh, people who bring up the Matt Castle thing and the Brian Hoyer thing, one of the, the main things I say to that is, those guys were just late-round picks or undrafted free agents. This is a second-round pick. This is somebody that Bill Belichick saw and thought, I'm going to draft a quarterback in the second round. I think that's the highest he's ever drafted a quarterback, right? And you don't draft a guy in the second round as a quarterback. You don't think that's someone who can be a starter.
0: Yeah, I I think that's right. I mean, Mallett was a first-round talent-type guy, but he fell to, I believe, it was the fourth round because of off-the-field concerns and things like that. You know, and he was another one of these Brady backups that didn't fully pan out. But Garoppolo is, I think, more in the mold of Brady, more in the mold of... A guy that was probably, you know, not considered to be that great of a quarterback. I mean, when you're, you know, Tom Brady at the University of Michigan, but you're splitting time with Drew Henson, it goes on to be a New York Yankee. When you're Jimmy Garoppolo and you get to an FCS school because maybe some Division One schools didn't really believe in you, like you start to develop that chip. Mm-hmm. You know, and that chip on the shoulder has always been a hallmark of Brady and it drives him to this day. I mean, you can ask him about the weather, and he'll turn around and within five minutes he'll tell you that he was a sixth-round draft choice. I mean, that's <laughs> how much it drives him to this day. And I think, you know, maybe there's sort of some of that same sort of mentality in Garoppolo's mindset that, you know, he was a FCS kid, like teams maybe didn't consider him for, you know, a D1 program. And, you know, yeah, Belichick gave him a chance in the second round, but still, like, I'm going to prove to all these other 31 teams. I'm going to prove to everybody that didn't buy into me what they were missing when they passed on me. And maybe some of that could pass down. Some of that mentality is there as well with Garoppolo as it is with Brady.
1: And real quick, Mark, and I appreciate the time once again. um, How do you see, like, where do you think Garoppolo just, if you had to guess right now, just from the small sample we've seen from him in the NFL, what you know about him as a player, how do you like his fit with Kyle Shanahan? What do you think is going to be his ceiling with the 49ers?
0: I think it's a perfect fit from a schematic standpoint because he has sort of the athleticism he, to run that boot action stuff like we saw, that throwback stuff like we saw Shanahan doing last year with Matt Ryan. I think, you know, looking at that season last year that Shanahan had with Matt Ryan, and I think you can see some sort of stylistic similarities between Garoppolo and Ryan, some of those post routes and things like that that they like to throw off of play action. Garoppolo can give you that. You know, I, I don't, in terms of sort of a ceiling for this, I mean, I think. You know, given the talent situation right now in San Francisco, I think you're looking at Garoppolo to be like a lower mid-tier guy right now. They get a little bit more talent and they infuse that offense with with some more speeds, more athletic playmakers. I think Garoppolo could develop into like, and again, I like to group quarterbacks in sort of tiers. And so like tier one are your Brady's, your Rodgers, your Bree's, like the guys that will go out there and win games with you and me at wide receiver. And then sort of, Brian, there's that second tier where, You know, you're getting the like the Marcus Mariotas, the the Philip Rivers. You know, maybe a guy like Carson Wentz is moving into that tier. You know, and then tier three is kind of like the middle of the pack guys, like you know Jameis Winston right now. And I think right now you're seeing Garoppolo probably be in like the low tier three area, but I think he could get into like a lower tier two if they start to infuse some talent around him. And it wouldn't surprise me to see him sort of end up there in a year or so.
1: How would you put him up against Kirk Cousins?
0: I think. If given the choice between Cousins right now and Garoppolo right now, I would take Garoppolo. I think we have seen to this point sort of the ceiling of, of Kirk Cousins, mm-hmm. and he's a good quarterback. He's you know probably you know in the upper part of that tier three area. I'd say some put him into the very bottom of that tier two, but I think there's a higher ceiling with Jimmy Garoppolo. I think the talent level is a little bit more. The athleticism is a little bit more with Jim Garoppolo. And so given that, given the relative ages and things like that, you know, that's where I would be going with this. I would put my chips in on Garoppolo over Cousins.
1: That is Mark Schofield. Tell all your friends that are fans of the New England Patriots to subscribe to Locked On Patriots. You can find his work at Inside the Pylon. He is the resident quarterback guru over there. Mark, I really appreciate the time. Thanks for coming on, man.
0: Brian, thank you so much for having me. It's been a blast.
1: Yeah. And hopefully we'll be talking uh, draft coming up here in the spring as well.
0: Anytime, Brian, anytime.
1: All right. Take care. Fantastic stuff there from Mark as always. Thanks again, Mark for the insight and thanks everybody for listening. Be back tomorrow with Paige demacos previewing that week nine matchup with the Arizona Cardinals. That's right. It's not just about trading for new quarterbacks. We actually have more football games to play here uh, that will be most likely started by CJ Beathard and not Jimmy Garoppolo. Talk to you guys then right here on Locked On 49ers brought to you by MyBookie.ag. Get into all the action with MyBookie where they will match your deposit up to 100% bonus. Use promo code LOCKEDON.